Well, I know I probably can't get away with that really bad voice generator for very long, so I think I'll just cut right to the chase. Hi, I'm Adam Forziati, Senior Web Editor here at CI, and you're listening to AV+. Now, normally, I would launch right now into some AV business-related exposition, but given that Halloween is only a day away, I thought it'd be more fun to share an extra special festive episode this week. Not too long ago, I asked some AV technicians to tell me about a time when they felt afraid on a job site. I asked them just to record their responses on their phones and to send it to me to include it in this episode. So today on AV Plus, we're going to let them do the talking. If you'd like to hear more stories like this and learn more about who submitted them, visit our website, commercialintegrator.com, for the full story. We wish you all a very safe and fun Halloween this year, whatever form that takes. But in the meantime, please enjoy. rank here in town called the pond and it's a great spot big metal building 36 foot ceilings and they came to us because over the years they had a lot of there I fixed it and they made their whole place just work because for hockey players they just care about the ice and the boards And that's it. Nothing else really matters. So we were helping them when they were building their second uh, rank next door. And they wanted to upgrade all of their audio across the entire uh, 100,000 square feet of space. We ended up purchasing this giant 18-inch pendant subwoofer from Octasound out of Canada. Lovely people and they sell very specialized equipment. The speakers that they specialize in are essentially painted in white bed liner uh, over MDF and there's a 50 something pound giant woofer that hangs from the ceiling. And they're in 800 plus hockey rinks around the US. They are the de facto standard for all of the small private ranks, uh, especially in uh, the northern United States and Canada. And I had met them at a trade show. It was a really exciting product. And when we were selected to do the upgrade for this hockey rank, we were excited to receive this product. It was a really interesting speaker. And the Octa sound, it's an eight-sided uh, pendant speaker. Really neat thing to play with. So in order for us to mount the speaker, I just glossed over the fact that we were going to need to bring a lift, a, a very high lift, a 30, I think it was a 32 Skyjack, uh, onto an ice rink onto ice uh, with three people and then lift that speaker up to the um, the beams that uh, support the roof and then hang that. 
one of the guys who uh, the people who are working on this are our most special folks. They are our um, our special forces team, the can do team. And with that comes their um, gallows humor. And James, who was in uh, Navy on special boats team, is a fearless individual, and he turns whatever he's nervous about into laughing. So he would giggle when he was a little nervous. What happened was we had to get that big lift out onto the ice which was a challenge in and of itself because you have to make a little ramp. And as you know, with lifts, they have hard, flat, small wheels and getting them to go anywhere is a real pain in the butt. So we get this thing on the ice and it's skittering around in the way that makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. And they finally get it into position and as they're going up the uh, skyjack is bouncing a little bit and James is giggling and he's starting to jump and motion and move up and down a little making the whole basket bounce up and down just a little bit freaking everybody else in the basket out not to the point where they thought their lives were in danger, but it was a, hey, cut that out. You're being an awful big brother kind of level. And that just encourages James. So they're up off the ice 30-something feet with this giant speaker getting it connected. And all you hear is the bickering of, don't you do that? Ha, 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 ha. Don't you do that? And... <clears throat> Finally, the thing gets connected, and every time they had to do something, they were very cognizant that getting the lift out on the ice was a huge pain in the butt. So I'm standing on the ice watching this entire thing, just trying to not be a nanny about it, and at the same time, very cautiously watching that... I had this fear that the ice was going to crack, that it was that the that the cold was going to harm the skyjack and they would be stuck up there and we'd have to have the fire department come, which is embarrassing because my sister-in-law and brother-in-law are both in the fire department here. So that would be um, funny for them, not not for us. And the speaker went up and everybody was safe. But there was a lot of probably fine about what we were experiencing. This was early on an hour in our career. There were probably less than 10 people at FMS at the time. And, um, you know, didn't want to lose two of them or three of them and have some sort of awful catastrophic thing happen on the ice. And I didn't feel like it was inherently dangerous, but boy, did that tighten me up a bit and everybody else. And there was a lot of gallows humor about it. Saying, I'm sure we can figure that out is how we get a lot of our work. But the kiss of death is saying, oh yeah, that's easy. The second we say, 
oh yeah, that's easy. We have cursed ourselves. We were helping um, DPR, one of the uh, larger GCs in the U.S., work on their new Austin office. And their, their space, like a lot of spaces, uh, real estate is expensive, so they don't want to dedicate very much real estate to loading docks and freight elevators and, and things that would potentially make your life easy in the long term. They want to just have usable, uh, usable space, RSF, rentable square feet. So they were hell-bent on reusing their old 98-inch TV that they'd spent probably $65,000 on five years ago because that's what those cost then. And their movers, uh, being movers, of course, dropped it, pretended nothing happened, pointed fingers in every other direction, and DPR needed a uh, new 98-inch TV. Fortunately, we sell TVs of all sizes, including 98, so we were able to find one in stock and have it arrive at our warehouse within a couple of days, and they were hot about making sure that this TV showed up. So we get their brand new Samsung QB98, and they're all super excited about it. And we get to the job site, and it doesn't fit in their elevator. And it's really tough to move a TV that size when it's not in its shipping container because putting any amount of pressure in order to lift and move it on that television in a small amount of space where you would put your hand or a lifting device is a sure way to crack it or at least damage it or mark it in such a way that it would be permanent. So we had to figure out how we were going to get it into the space. Um, even taking it out of the box, it was not going to elegantly work and move um, getting it into their elevators. So we had to figure out a different way. It was still in its uh, pristine shipping container, and the location of it was going to be on the third floor. So we used a lift um, and the telescoping um, lift picked up this 350 pound box and it's just before daybreak and the sun is coming up and we're all super nervous about this TV, which is, which is not $65,000 anymore. It's now a $10,000, $12,000 TV, but still it's, it's a uh, rather expensive piece of kit, and giving it to someone who operates those lifts, moving pallets of bricks around, we had to be very clear with him that um, this was a very expensive television and not a bunch of bricks. Uh, the only similarity is, is that both the bricks and the TV would kill someone if they fell on them, so just keep that in mind too. And we watched this bizarre moment of seeing the TV floating in space as it was being dropped off on the patio of the third floor of this building. 
so it can go and be installed inside. And for 15 minutes, it was very tense. They had a deadline on getting this office operational, and we had really no interest in continuing to sell them TVs that they would then break through various means. So it did make it in there, but uh, it was uh, quite a quite a scary quite a scary situation. They they do like and use that television, so that's always that's that's good that it didn't end up just being a forgotten device in a corner somewhere. So the most harrowing story of my AV career was uh, when I was working at an amusement park. I was one of their AV installers and maintenance technicians, and I was working with one of my friends with the same job, and we were tasked with bringing six vintage speakers from the 1970s down from the crow's nest of our theater at the park. Uh, The crow's nest was about 40 feet up or so, um, and there was no way to get up there with stairs. It was just ladders, and so we had no idea how they got the speakers up there um, until we actually went and explored So we noticed that there was a winch system up there, which is probably how they got the speakers um, all the way up in that crow's nest. And we asked for permission over our radios from our boss who was across the park to take down the speakers. Um, We wanted to make sure we had everything clear before we did the long process um, of taking them down so we didn't have to bring them back up. And he gave us the go-ahead, so we went and we would tie the winch that was up to the handle of each of the speakers and along with a a rope that my buddy would hold to uh, be able to steer it from up top so that nobody had to be below them and we got five of the six down with no problem a little harrowing to pretty much drop them off the ledge so that the winch could take hold of them there was no other way we found that wouldn't put us in risk of falling off and We got five down, and we went on to the sixth, which we didn't notice that the last one had a plastic handle instead of the metal handles that the other one had. And so pretty much as soon as we let it go, the handle completely shattered and broke off the speaker, and the rope that we had attached to it was not enough to stop or slow down the speaker, um, which gave my buddy a little bit of rope burn, but he ended up being okay later. Um, But this speaker from the 70s fell... 40 feet down onto three um, uh, auditorium seats, uh, completely breaking them. We even put a hole in one of the plastic. They were completely plastic. We put a hole in the plastic ones. And the speaker was brought all the way down um, through that fall. And we plugged it into a system a little bit later. um, And it turns out it still works. So Yamaha from the 70s um, made a speaker that we dropped 40 feet down with nobody in the auditorium and made us work in shock for a couple hours after the fact. <laughs> 